0: You're listening to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast, serving the latest news in sci-fi multimedia. And now, your hosts, Scott, Miles, and Anna. Your table is ready.
1: we long and prospered. This is the captain. We have a little problem with our entry sequence, so we may experience some slight turbulence and then explode. I got a bad feeling about this. Walter, put the cow away, would you? What is this place? Yeah. It's a freak show.
2: Welcome to the Sci Fi Diner Podcast. This is episode 196. I'm one of your hosts, Scott Herzog. And good evening, I'm Miles P. McGraw.
3: Hi, I'm M. Ciro Garcia.
2: And we are back live. This time, you are getting all three of us and not just me. Yes, it's awesome to be here. And how how are you guys doing? It's it's been what almost a month since we actually have recorded together.
3: I'm, I've missed you guys.
1: Real life get annoying. People with things you love.
2: Yeah, I think I think the last time, Miles, both times we well, this time too, you're like in like No Man's Land, Altoona again, right?
1: That's where I am now. Yep.
3: That's not a real place. (laughs) No man's land?
2: They just make that up for television. They they, they do. They do. But anyways, uh, wow, it's good to hear your voices. It's good to be back on the show talking. We have a lot of... You know, we have not actually done a regular show like this in like... It it has to be since November, I bet, that we've done like news and... You know, trivia, we just haven't done it because we had like the Star Wars Holiday Special. We did the what thing with Frage and Dayton Ward, and then we did some special episodes. It's been a while.
1: Yeah, it's been too long.
2: Yeah. Well, that's all right, because we have a regular show back in store for you tonight. First of all, we do want to say thanks to the Chronic Rift Network, which we are a part of. They are a network of some awesome podcasts. We had a couple of podcasts, by the way, in the uh, top 10 downloads of last uh, month. You know, John kind of puts those out. That was kind of cool cool. Yay. Yep. So that was, uh, some neat stuff. I believe our, was our contact one of them? I think our contact episode was one of those, but Dude,
3: that yeah. was a fun episode. It was
2: a good episode. It was a good got episode down and
3: dirty in that movie. That's in that, right.
2: That yeah. And you know, it, and also remember that you can support the sci-fi diner by visiting the sci-fi diner podcast.com by uh, clicking on our affiliate links to Amazon. And whenever you want to buy something in Amazon, maybe for Valentine's day you can uh, do so through the sci-fi diner podcast page and that would be awesome. It helps support us. You can
3: send us Valentine's. Yes,
2: you days. can. You can definitely do that. <laughs>
3: bring them to us at, at, um, at, what is it? Farpoint
2: at, at farp, Point. At farpoint. But, Exciting. So we will, we're going to talk about farpoint here in a little bit. Okay. Well, miles, why don't you take us into the menu tonight?
1: Well, this evening we're going to be talking about, we have a new trivia question proposed to, to you in TV news. Uh, so here's the question. Has sci-fi devolved into popcorn? What? And convention, yes. And convention news, uh, we'll be talking a little about FourPoint and Shoreleaf. Shoreleaf announced uh, two of its guests, and this is some exciting news. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We'll have a first look. Yep. We'll have a first look at Transformers, uh, Edge of Extinction. And uh, it, it's, never, it's never fun to do this, but we want to just uh, pay respects to... Uh, uh, Philip Seymour, Philip Seymour Hoffman, she has done a few sci-fi related projects uh, in DVD, Blu-ray release. Uh, we'll we we'll Justice League War, and this week's twist. Um, just talk about Leonard Nimoy and just how um, kind of about him addressing his health concerns. And M is going to give us. Or sci-fi five at
2: five. Yeah, the f- the five movies you wish you could go and unsee but can't. So <laughs>
1: I wrote it
3: more elegantly than that.
2: Right, right. She said it much better than I uh, that I did. But
3: sci-fi five at five top five movies once seen cannot be unseen.
2: Yeah, see, that Sounds much better than, than than anything that I'm putting out there right now. But all right. Well, why don't we why, yeah, why don't we go ahead and move into trivia this week? We haven't done a trio in a while, so we have a Pretty nice prize here and uh, something that I think is going to test your trivia
1: knowledge. Miles, why don't you lead us into it? So we thought we'd do quotes uh, for this show. And this is the quote. With the first link, the chain is forged. The first speech censored. The first thought forbidden. The first freedom denied. Chains us all irrevocably. And we're asking you, who said this? And you get some more geek cred if you... uh, Tell us the, uh, the, the show and uh, episode it came from.
2: Ooh, episode? That'd be, there, I know some people that could probably do this, by the way. Yeah,
1: I, I'm sure there are, but yep. this is going test their metal.
2: That's right. It's right. And the code
1: word? The code word, keep the spammers away, is Gallifrey.
2: Is Gallifrey. And we have a pretty good prize pack for this prize. Do you want me to talk about this, Miles? Or do you want to talk about it? That would be great. Yeah it's, it's IDW, we'll it. uh, yeah, it's IDW's comics, Star Trek comics. We're giving away issues 15 through 18 and includes a two-parter, Mirrored Part 1 and 2, which I know, Miles, you've read. I have. You have. And then it also includes Strange New Worlds, a Star Trek um, photo novel by John Byrne. And so uh, all so those 5 we'll be giving away in this prize pack that you can get by answering this trivia correctly. You have a month to do this. So we're going to give you till probably about the beginning weeks of March, and then we'll kind of uh, say, it's all over, and we'll see who won the prize at that point. We'll pull a name out of the hat and uh, our fancy little hat we have here at the Sci-Fi Diner podcast. I'd show it to you, except I don't have it nearby me right now. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: but uh, that is kind of a little bit about... What you can win as a prize so, so so, Miles Can you give them the trivia one more time Just so they have it
1: I'd be happy to This is the quote With the first link the chain is forged The first speech censored The first thought forbidden The first freedom denied Chains us all irrevocably Awesome So who said it And maybe some extra Greek geek cred If you tell us uh, the show and the episode That's
2: right that's right. Awesome. 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 And don't forget the code word Gallifrey. Well, tonight we're going we're gonna to share our first promo before we get into the news. This is a promo for a sci-fi podcast called the Sci-Fi Movie Podcast. And, uh, you know, if I started another sci-fi show, like I need one, uh, but this is the type of sci-fi show I would love. And we kind of do this in our sci-fi rewinds a little bit, but they have a show that's entirely dedicated to sci-fi movies. Yeah, I think that'd be kind of fun too. Don't you think, Miles? M?
1: Oh, it's always fun to review a siphon movie.
2: I love talking about movies. Yeah, so that would be, be totally fitting. But, anyways, you can check out their podcast. And just to whet your appetite, here's a promo for the show. Hi, I'm Ian.
1: And I'm Jonathan. And I'm Rem, inviting you to join us for the Sci-Fi Movie Podcast, a weekly review and exploration of the sci-fi movies that we all love.
2: Ever wonder why Stanley Kubrick removed A Clockwork Orange from distribution in the UK? Why did Ridley Scott's Alien have no eyes? (laughs) Or who's the better dread, Sylvester Stallone or Carl Urban? Judgment time. And why do I hate The Fifth Element so much? uh really don't even get me started follow us on facebook at sci-fi movie podcast the sci-fi movie
1: podcast subscribe in itunes or visit our website at scifimoviepodcast.com.
0: for your first course the latest in the universe of science fiction multimedia
2: Back, and we're now into the news segment of our show. And we're gonna start with a little bit of TV news. And I know that a lot of our TV shows have started up, and we'll be talking about a lot of that in the listener feedback show or conversations that we had. In fact, you'll have heard it by now. Um, but let's talk a little bit uh, about some stuff that's going on with Ron D. Moore.
3: Well, he's been he's come out and he thinks that sci fi has kind of devolved into a popcorn state where there's really nothing... There's nothing out there that's a mature science fiction TV show. Um, As you know, he's got his show Helix out right now, which... And then he was the brainchild behind Battlestar Galactica. Um, The article's kind of interesting. I mean, not to read the whole thing, but the one thing I do like... he, He kind of says it very succinctly. He says, I think science fiction for the last 15 to 20 years on television and in movies has devolved into just popcorn, he says citing Helix as one of the few examples of more adult TV sci-fi. To do something in this genre, it had to be just light and fluffy and silly and adventurous. I think that sci-fi can be deeper. It can be meatier. It can be more adult. It can take itself more seriously and try to do something different. It's certainly what we set out to do with Battlestar, and I think Helix is a good venue for it as well. He goes on to talk about um, just versus what they got to what they were able to do with Battlestar Galactica and being able to use something original and really push it a little further than if you're going from a text that already exists. And I don't know if I agree with the concept of it's all fluff and it's all popcorn, but I see where he's going. I mean, while we think the genre of TV, and by genre we mean everything encompassing fantasy, sci-fi, and horror, is alive and kicking, and they more popular than ever. I mean, like, look at Walking Dead, Game of Thrones, Orphan Black, um, Being Human. Uh, I would even put Almost Human in there, and I would put, um, there's, there's a lot of shows in there, but they're not hardcore sci-fi, like a Star Trek or a Stargate. And even Doctor, he cites that even Doctor Who isn't really like a true sci fi show, that it kind of walks the line of sci fi and fantasy. Um, it, that, it's an interesting statement. I don't know if he's saying it because he wants to, he needs more ratings for Helix, um, or if he's trying to grab the more, more mature audience that grew up with the Star Trek and grew up with the Stargate, and he feels like there's really nothing out there for those of us who were there from the beginning.
2: Man, I have a difficult time wrapping my mind around the fact that he's all that Robin are thinking that he's not just pimping his own show here, mm-hmm. um, because you know when I look at when I, I would hardly call a show like Walking Dead popcorn, like mm. like Walking Dead deals with some really deep human issues and struggles of what it means to be family of what you do when you have to make the hard decisions, mm-hmm. uh, you know? And I think that there's, I mean, I don't want, I'm not, I'm not up in the current season, but when I, when I did watch walking dead, I would not have said that was a light and fluffy and popcorn shell. No. Um, uh, Arrow is one that I don't think well, like for a superhero show, I think there's a lot of depth and it's not, it doesn't feel popcorn to me. I don't know. Miles, what 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 do you think about what he's saying here?
1: Yeah, I mean in one sense, I'm not sure there's a sci-fi show like Battlestar Galactica that maybe addresses a lot of the issues that it it, it did. But I'm not sure it's fair to call these other shows popcorn and a little popcorn is is good once in a while. Um, but um I don't know. I'm. I'm I think M may have maybe nailed it on the head. I mean, uh, he's trying to pimp out uh, his show, Helix, and um, I don't think that's been getting the best reviews. I could be wrong, but at least looking at what our, our listeners have said, um, that they, they gave it a watch and they, they didn't think that much of it. So I, I, I don't know. That's kind of where I think he's coming from.
3: I got through twenty minutes of the pilot. <laughs> I just. I just. It, hopefully, if it's a snow day tomorrow because of all the ice, maybe I'll give it another run through. But I, uh, this—I mean, first off, these statements. This is very Ronald D. Moore talking about Ronald D. Moore. Oh yeah, so, <laughs> I can hear him perfectly oh. deliver these lines, these words. Perfect. I mean, it's Ronald D. Moore. Um, but I don't know if when he talks about things. Cr- you know, Walking a fine line between fantasy and sci-fi is Game of Thrones fantasy or sci-fi orphan black Is that fantasy or sci-fi Being there's just there's a lot there and I don't know I I don't I think the whole point of the article was was like Scott said Pimp is show. That's really all it
2: was. I mean, Um, I guess I guess here here, on on the other side Is there a show that addresses on as a general rule that acts as a commentary on our current society? Mm-hmm. like like Star Trek often did and certainly like Battlestar did, um, maybe like Babylon 5 did, even though I haven't watched it, but my understanding of Babylon 5, probably not. Um, but I would hesitate to say that all the shows that are out there, many of the shows even that he mentioned are just popcorn. Like there's they're dealing with some deep human issues if they are not necessarily political or whatnot.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, a lot of these shows are not uh, um, some shows you have to have a strong stomach to watch them and um, and you have to have some mental energy to watch them also, so. Yeah. Yeah, Ron, I love you man, but uh not sure I agree with you on this one. Yeah.
3: He's a cocky he- SOB. <laughs> he doesn't
2: hide that. Oh, oh no, he great. doesn't. He doesn't. And then he have, he has two shows. Isn't it Outlander also his that's coming out? I think Outlander yeah,
1: is coming out the Travel Story, but it's on Showtime on, or something it's like on the cable networks.
2: Yeah, I think Showtime or something like that. But that comes out, I think, April. So it's a little bit later. But well, we have some con news. And um, obviously, we the most current con that's coming up for us here at the Sci-Fi Diner that we are all going to be at that you can all see us at is Farpoint 21 happening February 14th, 15th and 16th. And, um, and I believe you're going to be down there the 14th. Is that correct?
3: I will be there all three days.
2: Yeah, so Miles and I will be there on the fifteenth, maybe the sixteenth, here. But I did one of, but that's at least the plan. That's at the Crown Plaza in Baltimore North, in Timonium, Maryland. So if you want to come, you can come see us there. Um, A bunch of different guests. You can see Alan Dean Foster. I, I was looking for my Splinter in Mind, the Splinter in Mind's Eye, the Star Wars book he wrote. I can't find it anywhere, but Alan D. Foster is going to be there. Um, Melissa McBride, of course, Carol from Walking Dead and Phil Lamar, who voiced Futurama, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, if I can say that real fast. And Young Justice will also be there. And um, so there'll be a chance to interact with those guests as well as us. We're going to be there, so Yeah, so a couple panels you can find us on. Big Bang Theory, Em and Miles are going to be on that one. We're going to be recording a Sci-Fi Diner live conversation show. Yay! At four PM on Saturday. On Sunday, we are slated to do be on a Marvel Agents of Shield panel, as well as an Arrow panel at three. And I'll be on, um, assuming I'm there Sunday, on the Dune Saga podcast, the Spice uh, the Spice the Spice still flows panel that I'm supposed to be doing with David Moulton and uh, also uh, Sharon, the, the co-con chair that we interviewed last month. So. So it's going to be a good times. There's some good friends. I'm sure that Mike from ZCon is going to be there.
3: Oh yeah, he's definitely going to be there. I'm excited to see him there.
2: Um, I think Phrased will be there. Phrased will be there.
3: Fun to chat with him.
2: Yeah, so it'll be good times. And then we have Shore Leave 36 also in the docket. That's August 1st through the 3rd, 2014. I guess the reason we even mentioned this far out is that they just announced their first two guests, Miles. Miles, them. Are you guys excited? Oh yeah. Oh, no, yeah. So um, they announced that Robert Cardo, who you, if you go back into the archives of the show, he was one of the very first interviews we ever did, Miles. Yeah, I know. That so was, uh, that's something. Yeah, it was quite a coup to get him. And uh, and that was the year that we uh, did the infamous Vanessa Angel interview that we lost. And then we got him and Miracle Laurie and... Uh, Clifton Collins and a lot of a lot of real good people that we had a chance just to kind of interview, but he's going to be there again, and of course Richard Dean Anderson, Mr. MacGyver himself, is going to be there as well as Jack O'Neill. So, so
0: excited!
2: Now, just to let you know, and 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 Shatner last year obviously is a bit of a bigger name, but in the Stargate world, Richard Dean Anderson's kind of the man.
3: He is the Captain oh,
2: Kirk. He is, and 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 my guess that you really want to sign up early to get this.
1: Um yeah, I made the mistake of uh waiting for Shatner and then it sold that sold out in a couple months. Yeah. So if you, if you, if you want to go see RDA live yeah. reservation,
2: yeah. Now, and that's to be said, they're bringing him in, and it's extra to go see him. It does cost a little bit extra to a see him, bit? yeah. Just a, a well, bit. they charge a fee at $78 to sign for autographs, so no free signing. Um, and and he has a photo op, so it'll cost $85 bucks, and then it's $20 just to see him extra to actually sit in a session and hear him speak. So, wow. depending on, and, and so. I'm hoping that we can maybe land an interview with him, but no, no. I mean, we know how it was with Shatner last year; it was like a no go. So I don't know if well, he'll do it or not.
3: Tapping loved us. Yeah, maybe we could, maybe we could work that.
2: Yeah, we can. Yeah, that, that's true. Yep.
1: And we made friends with Chris Judge. I don't know. Oh yes. The, uh... hmm.
2: So we have two two of the crew. We just need we just need one, Michael Shanks in there yet, but <laughs> but. So,
1: so Chris and the men have to vouch for us.
2: Yep. Yep. So, anyways, uh, but just to let you know, that's coming up. So, if you're interested, go on over to the Shore Leave website. You can just search them on ShorelyCon, Leave, Shore Leave Thirty Six Con, and you'll be able to find all the information on that. So, we're excited about that. But all right, well, um, why don't you take us into our next story here?
3: I mean, in, I'm no, I'm, I'm, I have a problem with Michael Bay, but, and I had a problem with. Three of the two Transformers movies, but thanks to the Super Bowl, that sports thing that went on this weekend was that sports ball?
2: Yeah, I don't know. It was something where like this, some Seahawks came in and just tore Bronco horses to shreds, something like that. I
3: just tell you, I won a pool because I picked the Seahawks because I like their costumes.
2: But... <laughs> you know, <laughs> as a as a kid, as a kid, I loved the helmets. That was I liked the Seahawks because of their helmets. So
3: cool looking. That's how I <laughs> them. That's right. Yeah. I fit every stereotype ever. Okay, so the all one of the cool things about the Super Bowl, aside from the commercials, and it actually gave me a little bit of opportunity to be joyful about a Michael Bay movie, specifically uh, Transformers: Age of Extinction. I had not done any research prior to this, and then I I watched the commercial and was very pleasantly surprised with the cast, with the just the the imagery. Um, We'll, why don't we play the...
2: We'll, we'll, we'll play the, the trailer. trailer? Uh, my, my favorite part is Mark Wahlberg. No more Shia LaBeouf. I know. And, you <laughs> know.
3: It takes it, it to a whole new level. It does. It, it, I heard uh, when at first people started talking about it, they said, oh, they're bringing Dinobots.
2: It is.
3: how awful <laughs> they were in the cartoon. <laughs> Dino want crunch thing. <laughs> no.
2: But
3: this this trailer is, is impressive.
2: This brings Dinobots up to a whole new level, though. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Oh,
0: let's,
2: yeah. Let's go ahead and play the trailer and we can talk about it on the flip side. Copy that. So let's talk about let's talk about this. <laughs> um everyone he stick behind me when there's like, I don't know, a gazillion-ton metal thing honking toward me. I don't I know that know. I, I don't I know. Need trope. <laughs> you need that I know, I know, I know. At least he's the one saying it and it's not Mr. shia but...
3: Shia Schmoll. <laughs> yeah. I oh God, that kid drives me nuts. I know. But... He's like a Justin Bieber of acting. <laughs> there was
2: <laughs> I've seen them in some things that I've enjoyed, but mm, whatever. But hey, so, so, what do you think of the Dinobots in this?
3: Elegant, e- elegant. They look badass. They look amazing. I'm, I'm ever so pleased. Ever so pleased.
2: And uh, how about you, Miles?
1: Um, same here, and they're full. They're huge. I mean. Optimus Prime is riding one of them, so that's pretty cool.
2: (laughs) I know. I mean, you can't ask for more than that. I want to ride one of them, but...
3: I don't think there's anyone in this cast that has been in the previous movies.
2: Yeah. Maybe the voice actors? I
3: don't know. I'm looking through it right now. I mean, there's Mark Wahlberg, and uh, Nicola Peltz, who's playing his daughter. Stanley Tucci. I'm not sure who the character is, but Sophia Miles is an excellent British actress. I love her. Kelsey Grammer. I can live with or without.
2: Oh, uh, uh, really? All, all I that picture. I
3: take kind of seriously.
2: <laughs> when you said when you said his name, all I can picture is him as the professor in X Men. Uh, uh, he was. Ter- he was. Uh, he, yeah, he was terrible in that. So. They
3: are, in every X Men movie they've ruined they've ruined Beast for me.
1: All too oh, you didn't fun. like him in. Uh, oh wow! Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
3: yeah. we can we can have a long conversation about that. But I didn't like the <laughs> new the new reboot of of X Men. I have a very big problem with it. But the previews for the next one, I'm to I'm I'm, I'm turned around. But that's for another show.
2: Yeah, that is that is. But that is am uh, I, I I enjoyed First Class. But this well, we'll see. um
3: and in this one let's see a mechanic and his daughter make a discovery that brings down autobots and decepticons and a paranoid government official upon them
2: there's always a paranoid there's always a paranoid government official doesn't matter what you have i'm
3: just glad it's not that that other dude um who was in that movie with stanley tucci a big night What's His name I can't think of him. The really annoying guy who is crazy and he's from section 7 or whatever.
2: Oh, that's right. Yeah, I know who yeah. you're talking about. I don't remember his name, but
3: totally live without seeing that character in a uh, movie again.
2: Uh, well, you know well, you know, <laughs> I know. Well, you know, wh- one actor that we're going to miss not seeing in any other movies is, of course, Philip Seymour Hoffman, who passed away February second, unexpectedly. And uh, you know, he's kind of had an impact on the acting community, and obviously, even the sci-fi community. I think the role I mentioned um, on Facebook that I think the role that that I and he did some great roles. Um, and I was trying to, um, I was trying to think one of the roles, the sci-fi roles I saw him. but I remember him from mission impossible three. Um, he was just a creepy villain <laughs> in that one.
1: I didn't see it, but I'll have to see that now. Uh,
2: what, what other, what other sci-fi stuff has he done?
1: He was in the last, uh, hunger games movie. Um, and oh, he was I he did a pretty good job there. Um, that's all I can think of as far as sci-fi.
2: He was. He. Was, I forgot that he was in that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: He's done a lot of drama. He's done yeah. a lot of just amazing things. He was in Doubt, which was exceptional, absolutely exceptional. He was in a lot of really funny, silly things. Um, uh, what was that movie with Ben Stiller? That one was. He was bizarre in that one. He was, he, I think he, he, for, he won many awards for being in Truman Capote. Oh, yeah. He's, his, his cred list is epic and wide. And he really took a lot of chances and was willing to take a lot of, be in a lot of things. I mean, he was in the Big Lebowski. That's a classic. Oh, yeah. Um,
2: he was in. He, I, I, I have I see, a
3: lot of respect for
2: him. I see that he uh, they they'd finished filming Mocking Mockingjay Part One and was seven days away from wrapping up Part Two, so it looks like we'll see him in at least part of that, unless they cut his part and refilm him.
3: Well, he's integral. Yeah. So.
2: Yeah. Who knows? Well, maybe they, they, they'll. Well,
3: they, and they've adjusted the film accordingly for other things, but yeah. Um that's it's just heartbreaking, it's very heartbreaking to see that happen to such an amazing talent and and to happen that way,
2: yeah, and I, I think that maybe that more than anything, so
1: yeah, he was you know only forty six years old, so I mean he still had so much more he could have accomplished um, and uh, we just have to be grateful you know some of the great work that he he did give us, yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, let's move into some uh, sci-fi that's come out in DVD. That Miles, uh, you tend to be our animated feature DVD man. Do you want me to play this uh, trailer first, or do you want to talk about it a little bit?
1: You know what? Let me talk about Love, bit. I'll play the trailer. Awesome. Um, so this was kind of under my radar, but I did. But but I discovered it, it, it's come, it's out today. Well, so by the time you listeners you you hear this show, it'll already be available for either purchase or rental. But um, and it's based on DC's reboot of um, of all the superhero comics. So superhero costumes may look a little different. Um, the characters might be slightly different, but that's kind of what it take is. So the world's finest heroes found Justice League over stopped an alien invasion of Earth. And some of the cast of characters, some of the cast of the actors who are the voice talents, very familiar to you, Sean Aston, Sean Astin, um, um, Michelle Monaghan, uh, Jason O'Mara, uh, Alan Tudyk. Um, so, so some really good, good names in here to, to voice the talent. So I saw the trailer. It looks good. Um, so I think we you just play a trailer and listeners, uh, what do you think? Insight on the rash of terrifying abductions plaguing Gotham City.
2: There's an invasion of monsters.
1: They're grabbing people off the streets. They're soldiers. They might be staring down the of a full-scale invasion. It's happening across the world.
0: Leave them to me.
1: Superman. So, what can you do? We tried it your way, now we do it mine.
0: Shazam!
1: You're not just some guy in a bat costume, are you? <laughs> <laughs> this world is mine. Time for some to work.
2: Dude, okay, that is freaking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you liked it. Oh, it was it was awesome to see that. And <clears throat> um did you have a chance to watch a trailer?
3: I did, I did, I did, and then I was going through the list of um of the voice talents, and there are some amazing people
2: <laughs> yeah. in this
3: film. And I love a good cartoon. I love I love the Justice League, but I like it done well. So I'm excited because it's actually I'm I want to see it.
2: Yeah, I think I'm I'm with you on that. You know, they bring back the whole conversation. Like I like that line by Superman when he says. To Batman. So, what can you do? <laughs> you know, you know, <laughs> so
3: the guy in a suit.
2: Right. I right know. <laughs> you know, but my, I was actually having this debate before my one of my creative writing classes last week. S- said, okay, so who's your favorite superhero? I said Batman. The kid goes, he's not a superhero. I'm like, what do you mean he's not a superhero? He doesn't have any superpowers. <laughs> this is a conversation. To st- this this is this is the conversation that started my creator writing class, and so we had this huge debate as to whether he was. So, well, then my second favorite hero is the Arrow. He's not a superhero. That's <laughs> not that, true.
1: I just think it's great that in your class you're having discussions about superheroes. I mean, that's <laughs> you're, you're
3: teaching that these kids right.
1: I
2: am. I am. Well, you know. I, <clears throat> I, um, here's the thing. I guess everyone has maybe their own definition of what costs a super superhero, but a superhero for me is someone that's a little bit larger in life that can make a dent against evil. And if that's the case, then that's, that includes the arrow that includes people like Batman. They don't have superpowers, but if you want to argue it far enough, farther enough, far enough, then Superman doesn't really have superpowers. He just has his abilities because if you were on his home world, he'd be, he'd be normal. Because he's on Earth, he's not normal, whatever.
1: But on Earth, it's just normal for him that he can fly and, and right. pick up, you know, right. Right. cars and stuff. That's right.
2: Anyways, we don't need to get. Go. go ahead. Well,
3: a superhero doesn't have doesn't have to have superpowers. It's when a person can can overcome uh, insurmountable um, obstacles and prevail and. Put themselves in harm's way in order to protect others. Yeah. That's, you know, that's a superhero. Yeah. I mean, firemen go running towards a fire.
2: That's right. Who does yeah that but the, but that super- i guess you would argue that 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 they're just heroes they are like superheroes super the super implies something extraordinary other than just regular heroics
3: they're running into fire
2: i'm, I'm not disagreeing the with fire you em
3: it? the extraordinary
2: <laughs> i'm not disagreeing with you i'm just saying that if you want to draw the distinction between heroes and superheroes that's where i'd probably draw it but <laughs> Anyways, 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 huh, but and there's a Son of Batman trailer? Oh, we don't we don't need to get into that. Um, all right, let's, uh, anything else to say on that, Miles?
1: Uh, no, I'm just looking forward to seeing it, that's all.
2: Awesome. Well, Miles, why don't you take us into This Week in Star Trek?
1: All right, so This Week in Star Trek, we got to talk about our favorite Vulcan, uh, letter Nimoy. Uh, some of you may have saw, seen on Twitter, here's a picture of Larry Nimoy in a um, uh, wheelchair and, and I guess, you know, some kind of oxygen apparatus. And so he, he took the time to uh, just just let us know what's going on. And, um, you know, we as his fans, love him and concerned about him and hope he can be with us for as long as possible. So this is what he had to say. Uh, Larry Nimoy addressed rumors regarding his health after being seen in a wheelchair at New York Airport earlier this week. In a tweet, Nimoy in 82 said, according to the National Heart, Lung, and Blood Institute, COPD or chronic obstructive uh, pulmonary disease is a progressive disease that makes it hard to breathe. Progressive means the disease gets worse over time. COPD can cause coughing that produces large amounts of mucus, uh, wheezing, shortness of breath, chest tightening, and other symptoms. Cigarette smoking is a leading cause of COPD, and in most people who have COPD Smoke are used to smoke. Long term exposure to their lung irritants, such as air pollution, chemical fumes, or dust, may also cause uh, COPD. Yeah. Since retiring from convention appearances in 2011, Nemo appeared in an alley commercial with uh, Zachary Quinto, uh, Star Trek in the Darkness, as Spock Prime, and gave the convocation free speech uh, to. Uh, be graduates in 2012.
2: That's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, em, my understanding is this is, uh, that what he's dealing with is something that's close to, uh, you. Um,
3: yes. My father, uh, years of working as a stonemason, uh, 60-something years, and being exposed to a lot of dust in, in this construction world and smoking quite a bit in his early years, um, was diagnosed with COPD about 12 years ago. And it is is a degenerative, progressive, slow, painful, painful disease. And it's, it's kind of heartbreaking because it does kind of sh- strip away your your freedoms as you go along. Cause there's a lot less you can do, but the, a lot of medication there's been, um, there were medications released last year and two years ago that my dad was put on that helped greatly. So if they're catching, if this is something that was diagnosed recently, there's, there's things out there that can help prolong and make him much more comfortable. So that's, no. that's, it, it's out there. And, yeah. and I, my heart goes out to him because I, I know, and his family, because it's it's really rough watching somebody you love go through that. Yeah. So if fans are running up to him and doing stuff, just be respectful because it's not easy
2: yeah.
1: when
3: you can't breathe. And, you know, everybody loves Nimoy. No one's going to bum rush him. But just be respectful of the fact that sometimes it's just going to take a little longer for him to get somewhere or do something. And he's Leonard freaking Nimoy. It's
1: I mean, come true. on!
3: You let him do whatever the hell he wants.
1: <laughs> Give him his space, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah well, Miles, I, go ahead. I read um, Nimoy had said another statement that he had um, quit smoking over thirty years ago. So, unfortunately, this is probably what brought the onset of this.
3: Yeah, yeah Dad quit smoking about thirty years ago.
2: Yeah, uh, you know, it goes to show you that that stuff can haunt you, but long after you. Uh, oh yeah. Well, long after you quit, but.
3: I still don't understand why people even bother.
2: Yeah. Yep. And that's one yeah. to grow on. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's our public service announcement. There you go. Our our P- yeah, that's, that's our PSI. Kids,
3: don't smoke.
2: And that's right. Just don't. just don't. Just don't stop.
3: Or I'll punch don't you stop. in the neck.
2: All right. Well, uh, thank you. (laughs) Thank you, Miles, for sharing that uh, this week in Star Trek. This promo is for the Dune Saga podcast. It's a podcast I'm a part of. We are up to book four we're reading right now and uh, doing a book a month. And it's been a challenging and fun podcast I'm doing with Jim Arrowood and David Moulton. Um, You'll see David if you come to the con this uh, at Farpoint. But uh, this is a promo for the show. If you are into the Dune Saga and you want to join us on our quest to get through all the Dune books, you can uh, join us at the Dune, all of Dune Dune Saga podcast
0: I must not fear Fear is the mind killer Fear is the little death that brings total obliteration I will face my fear. I will permit it to pass over me and through me. And when it has gone past, I will turn the inner eye to see its path. Where the fear has gone, there will be nothing. Only I
2: will remain. Experience Dune like never before. The Dune Saga Podcast with David, Scott, and Jim lead you chronologically through the novels of Frank Herbert, Brian Herbert, and Kevin J. Anderson. Relive your favorite moments. Join in the conversations and let the spice expand your universe. The Dune Saga Podcast. Ride the sandworm to dunesagapodcast.com or to iTunes for more information.
0: ready for dessert. The Sci-Fi Five and Five, where we bring you the top five, the worst five, of anything in science fiction or fantasy, in five minutes or less.
2: Welcome back to the Sci-Fi Diner podcast. We have a Sci-Fi 5 and 5 tonight. And, and I understand that you have whipped up this culinary delight tonight.
3: I have. This is a little dessert for everyone. And actually, it wasn't just me. I, I, as soon as I thought of it, I made my list, and then I pinged as many people as possible and asking them, if there was a Sci-Fi movie that you have seen that you would like to unsee, which one is it? And I got a lot of responses, which was great. And the one that won, the number one one, was not on my list. I haven't seen it, but dang. I didn't even prompt people when I was getting all these responses. So The number five one, which I have seen, is called Free Jack. It's a film from 1992 about bounty hunters from the future. Transport a doomed race car driver to 2009 New York, where his mind will be replaced with that of a dead billionaire. Mick Jagger and Emilio Estevez. Yeah. And so uh, I, the response I got from my friend Jameson was Mick Jagger chasing Emilio Estevez through a future city on a big pink tank. Dot dot dot. Enough said.
2: Yeah. It sounds like.
3: Film. I think all of you should go and see this film because I we don't want to be the only two who want to unsee it.
1: That's right. <laughs> it's really bad. Ah. Uh. Oh. I think there's a, there's another some famous actor that was in there. Um, who played the, the main baddie in that one. Oh
3: oh um 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 uh,
1: uh Anthony Hopkins.
3: Anthony, Sir Anthony
2: Hopkins. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, yeah. He, he he probably doesn't either. <laughs>
3: and then my number four is one that was on my list, and my friend Anne had pointed out. The same one, and so I have to name put it out there, Zardoz from 1974 starring Sean Connery. In the future, a savage trained only to kill finds a way into a community of bored immortals that alone preserves humanity's achievements. This, and it I never saw it perfectly. It. Why? Some things are just wrong. And they are. This movie is so wrong you can't unsee it, but Dag Nabbit! All of you need to watch it because it can't just be us who. <laughs> it's uh, weird. I, there's probably like 15 pages of dialogue in this whole movie, and it's just bizarre. And he runs. It's Sean Connery running around with his, you know, natural fur suit, and his this like loinclothy thing. It's just. Weird. <laughs> So number three, I kind of lumped these two movies together, and actually one of them was on my list. Armageddon and Deep Impact. They came out at the same time in 1998. They were basically about the same thing, an asteroid hitting the planet. One of them has a teenage kid saving the world. The other one has an old guy saving the world. How exciting. Um, But not so bad So bad The the geology was wrong The science was crazy And the writing was bad My buddy Joe wrote um, Everything is horrible The plot, the writing, the characters, the science, continuity Yuck! They couldn't even decide If it was an action, a romance, a comedy Whatever I guess the special effects were okay If I was forced to say something nice about it And then my buddy Colin was like It just just wasn't great It just
2: wasn't (laughs) Yeah. So
3: I lumped those two together because they're basically the same film.
2: Yeah, I did see Armageddon, and I remember enjoying it in the theater. I haven't watched it since, though. That also says something.
1: <laughs> I took it as a summer feel-good popcorn movie. Yeah,
2: It was definitely a summer blockbuster or build that way. So
3: They had some one-liners, and they definitely had the budget to make it bigger than Deep Impact, but both were equally cheesy to me.
2: Well, and Armageddon did
1: have Bruce Willis.
2: Our
3: Megadon.
1: I mean, yeah. come on. I mean... And don't, and don't forget um new Batman, uh, Ben Affleck. Oh,
3: yeah.
2: Ah,
1: oh. oh.
3: why do you have to say that? <laughs> not, I can't take Ben Affleck in anything anymore. So my number two is the whole um, of the Star Wars trilogy fan films that were made by somebody <laughs> named Lucas. Um, <laughs> Both Caroline and Joel were like, no. And Joel's response was the best. I feel like Lucas pandered to children with the whole Jar Jar Binks crap. It detracted from the movie. There was some oddball crap about the force being transmitted by midichlorians in the cells of your bodies. It took away from the mysticism of the force that we got from the first movies. I can't agree with that even, uh, uh, more. I yeah. totally agree. I Those th- those three fan films are non-existent to me. Yeah. I can't unsee them. I can't un. I, I got rid of my DVDs of them. I'm just heartbroken by
2: those. See, I'm not. I'm not that staunch. I still have the DVDs of the Blu-ray sitting behind me. Um, I agree totally with the Phantom Menace uh, and everything that was said. Um, not not necessarily in agreement with. I guess Revenge of the Sith was redeemed to, by uh, to me when I read the novelization, mm-hmm. and then having that behind me as I watched a movie. I feel really bad for Darth Vader. And so for me, I, that redeemed it just never, a little bit. I can
3: never, ever unhear. You broke my heart, Anakin.
2: <laughs> that is a bad never line. Unhear That's unhear a bad ever line.
1: Ever. Yeah. Just the relationship between Padme and Anakin was just so awkward to watch. and It was, it was. so con- contrived. It was bad. hmm
3: mm-hmm. Totally.
1: I know you're just missing,
2: you're just missing this sound, though. I just had did to play you that.
3: Totally step over me with this. I did.
2: I did. <laughs> no, go ahead. You could just just start that back yeah, I'm over. I'm not gonna say it now. No. <laughs> <say> no. <laughs> Come on, Em. All
3: right, fine. So the number one, and without any goading whatsoever, I got 15 responses <laughs> for Battlefield Earth. Absolutely. Just people The whole movie The comments I got back Like Colin, Michael, George, Chris And Liz, all of them The story sucked Acting was terrible Makeup jobs were questionable It was an awful movie uh, huge plot holes. It just looked, oh, the aliens, the cyclos looked so silly. The story was nonsensical. The adaptation of the original novel is all over the place. Characters do things for unexplicable, unexplicable reasons, sometimes contradicting what their goal or stated intents are. The whole, It just was ridiculous. The whole movie, and I agree with Colin on this, the whole movie was just an excuse for Scientologist John Travolta to start a movie based on a book by an L. Ron Hubbard. It was a strange movie. I personally have seen five minutes of it and I immediately turned it off because I didn't get it. It was bad. And everything I read about it, I did some more reading on it. You you can never unsee this film and I am not going to see it. I need that bandwidth for something else.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. I forget what the movie's even about, but I do remember seeing it.
3: It was the pictures I saw were horrendous.
2: Yeah, the pictures. probably did it more justice than was deserved so uh,
3: but it just I'm exist
2: happy I didn't see this one yeah
3: that's, that's,
2: I'm surprised that you haven't seen it miles but
3: <laughs> yeah I, I totally suspect that if given the choice if people are going to have to live somewhere and be tortured by something and they had the choice between Battlefield Earth and the Star Wars Christmas special they would pick the Star Wars Christmas special, probably. <laughs> that's because
2: uh, I'm going to make that assumption. Because I'm at least, that, that be, because at least they have Jefferson Starship. I'm <laughs> just
3: saying.
2: No. <laughs> no. Yeah, first of all, that's another movie that I cannot unwatch. But
3: yeah. But appara- these are much worse.
2: No, I agree. Worse. I agree.
3: I do recommend watching Free Jack and Zardoz, especially if you like um, horrible sci-fi movies. Those two are beautiful.
2: Yeah, uh, I'm looking down through your honorable honorable mentions, and uh, there's some others in oh, here. Oh yeah.
3: oh I was going to honorable mention, um, which is funny to me. Um, <laughs> Stacy and Joel had something to say about Avatar. She, uh, Stacey said, Avatar, yawn. The 3D didn't wow me. Um, so many premises induced eye-rolling incredulity on I totally agree with that. And Joel had commented, oh, and the camera was moving all the time. It just wouldn't stop.
2: Yeah. So, okay. I didn't bother. I did, I, it didn't bother me. But, but, you
3: know. Some of the other ones on this list are funny, but yeah. Avatar was a big, a big yeah. one that I wanted to point out as an honorable mention. Yeah.
2: Anyways Alright, well I think that's about it Um, thank you so much for sharing Your Sci-Fi 5 and 5
3: Oh, thank you to everybody who who contributed and helped me out That's awesome Yeah,
2: yeah. If you want to share your Sci-Fi 5 and 5 You can email us or write in Or send in an audio file At the digits at the end of the show And um, I think that's about it We gotta get going We have uh, another show to record here And uh, an interview to do So I believe that's about it all right, till next time, good night and good luck. We will see ya.
3: Do your dailies.
0: Thank you so much for visiting the Sci-Fi Diner. We hope you enjoyed the food and the service and the conversations. If you'd like to share your thoughts regarding what we've talked about or tell us what you're watching or reading, flip open your communicators and contact us at 1-888-508-4343 or click the speak pipe link at sci-fi diner or send an mp3 or typed email to sci-fi diner podcast at gmail.com you can also join the conversation on our facebook fan page at facebook.com slash sci-fi diner we'll share your thoughts on our listener feedback show if you'd like to support the diner beyond the conversation you can always throw some coins in the tip jar at sci-fi diner podcast dot com.